Well, I'll read, uh, I'll read our scripture today. It's from Luke chapter 24, and this is uh, verses 36, the second half of 36 through verse 48. It says, while they were talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. They were startled and terrified, and they thought that they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, why are you frightened? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy, they were disbelieving and still wondering. He said to them, have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and he ate it in their presence. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So we decided to jump into a text in the middle, didn't we, David? Yeah, yeah. I was. We were. We were talking about this. It's like right in the middle of the walk to Emmaus, and then it's like they take a coffee break in the middle of the walk to Emmaus, and they just they they kind of stop to sit down. Not not because they needed to, but because Jesus just sort of pops up there, right? Yeah. They've been walking and talking and discussing what had happened only days earlier at the cross and at the empty tomb, right? They're kind of wandering from Jerusalem to this other place. It's about seven miles as in right. my memory. Um, and so they're taking this long walk and just kind of working out in their bodies and in conversation and in their hearts, like what just happened? Right. Right. Which I mean, you, you get right. And, and anyone would get, if you're, if you're following this guy around that you believe to be the Messiah as, as, um, as Peter said in the gospels, and then he, he dies. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you, what do you make of that? What do you make of everything you knew to be true suddenly being false? Yes. And you need so a seven mile walk. You need, you need friends. You need a seven mile walk. Ultimately, yeah. it sounds like you need a piece of fried food. Um, and there's a, there's a huge emotional hangover that requires. Yeah, they're walking, they're walking through the desert with raw fish, like <laughs> to cook. That's, that's not, that's not smart, right? This is before the the time of refrigerators. So this is our this is our context, right? We have lots of questions, yeah. just like they do. Right. Um, and I'm wondering, in the tradition of these dialogue conversations that we have at Portsmouth Union Church, 
when you encounter this text today, what is the thing that strikes you the most now? What's the thing that just is like, huh, that's where my brain is continuing to cycle and spiral having read this in this context. Right, right. Yeah, and and for me, I think I think the thing that I keep jumping to is is the questions that the disciples have and the the wonderings they have and the the doubts they have and the hurts they have and I think I I relate to that because I'm one who rarely um just accepts things hook line and sinker I don't like I I constantly have doubts about about my faith about God about about life and um and it only compounds as I continue to live I think they're like um God is a is a good God and then we have a week like last week where um an unarmed kid is shot and killed by police and there's a mass shooting in the same week and we're in the middle of a of a massive um like racially charged trial right now and um it's hard to look at the world and be like like be without questions without doubt so so i really relate to the disciples in their doubts and um and what i love in this text is that jesus meets them in their doubts and he doesn't just like um come at them and and super critical like he does he does explain some but but he sits with them in their questions and he basically says like hey let's sit down let's eat yeah and then he talks with them over food yeah and and helps work them through this stuff it's it's fascinating to me because it relates everything you're saying relates to what you said before around like their entire world it's like somebody took their sandbox and shook it and then flipped it out right? right everything that they had heard from him we can argue about whether they understood him or whether they were listening well how could they possibly have imagined what he meant without more time right Uh, and so he just, all of a sudden he's dead. And then all of a sudden the tomb is empty and it's like somebody stolen his body, but now here he is on the road and he's saying to them, this is what I think is so beautiful about Jesus's compassionate, even pastoral presence to his friends is he's like, I'm still me. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think I'm a ghost? Okay. Like touch my hands, check me out. Like I'm clearly not a ghost you guys. But like, I'm still me. Everything that you thought was true, you're right. It's it's different than you thought. It's not the opposite though. There's, it's still true. You just didn't know everything you needed to know. You just didn't understand. Let's help, let's let's sit down. Let's try to understand yeah. some more. And he never, in this text at least, is impatient with them. He's simply sort of curious. Yeah. What do you need? And I love that version of Jesus where he's with his people and they're grieving and he doesn't give them tough love. He doesn't see, say, see, he doesn't say, see, I told you so. 
Right. He told you right. I was coming which, back. Which he could do yes. if, if, like, if, if God takes on human flesh and, like, goes up to a group of people, he can kind of do, Jesus could just do what he wants. He could showboat a little bit. Right. You know, he right. doesn't And if there's any time, if there's any time to showboat, it would be after rising from the it's, dead. Yeah. Instead, he does what you described, which is he's, he walks up to them. And before this, he's kind of like, hey, guys, what's up? You know, he's a little bit like a, it's kind of funny. Right. And then but in this text, the you know, the continuation of it, he's like, OK, let's get serious. Why are you frightened? Let me help you understand. Let's have a meal together. Let's in, let's let's connect again. Let's reconnect. There's been a disconnection. And I just think that's so beautiful. Uh, to imagine that what needs to happen in their deepest grief and in their confusion and fear and doubts is actually to just spend time with him mm -hmm. yeah. as people, right? Yeah. Um, one of the uh, biggest mistakes I made when I first moved here to Portland uh, six plus years ago, um, early 2015, we so St. John's Christian Church at the time um, was one of the bigger churches in the area, not to say big because it is not, but um, building wise it is. And so we would get a lot of cold calls and emails from people who are like, I need to talk to a pastor right now. Yep. Um, and I'm sure you get some of those too, um, yes. Jules. It's it's something that happens where like people are going through a major crisis and early on I would respond to those emails just with another email or I would call the person and I'd talk to them real quick. Yeah. And after about a year, I, I don't know why just kind of offhand. I said, Hey, let's go get coffee. And, and we did one of these, one of these cold calls who I, I still, you know, meet with this person very regularly, not on a like pastoral care type of level, just on a, Hey, let's, let's spend time together level. But what I found, I started doing that instead of replying to the emails with emails or calls, because usually when people are going through a major crisis, I found they don't, they don't really need an answer to the crisis. And Lord knows I don't have answers to their crises. I don't, right. I don't know anything. And, and like, right. this is, I, I don't know how to phrase this to not make it sound super mean, but you don't really know anything either in terms of their crisis, right? Like you don't, we no, don't. You know nothing. But, Just but, like the disciples in this text are not like, oh, if I only understood a comprehensive systematic theology of resurrection, then I wouldn't be brokenhearted and my life wouldn't be completely upside down anymore. Right? <laughs> right. Right. I, I just need David Gushy's huge book on Christian ethics and I'll be good. Like, if you that know were the only <laughs> way to solve pastoral crises in the world or any crisis in the world, my God, we'd have all the resources we need, but Jesus doesn't do that. Right. They don't like people don't need, um, they they don't need answers so much as they need humanity and um and i know you've had crisis times where you've just needed someone to be around you i've had that 
daily since the start of 2020. Since March 11th, um, 2020. It's right. And so it's um yeah. uh it's it's just it's so cool to me that that's how Jesus meets the disciples. Yeah. He says, "Do you have something to eat? Sit down." <laughs> and and not and he just only takes them in his humanity. Yeah, I, I love that because it is, oh man, that's such a good story, David, and such a good illustration of this text in the real world. Um, it, I don't know about you, but like it goes both directions for me. Not only does Jesus do this, right? And like comfort or heal or forgive or redeem by just like being present and not saying, well, if you really understood X, Y, and Z better. He, it does say he opens the scriptures to them, but in my yeah. sense, that's more about like uh, a heart comprehension than it is about a, an understanding the systematic. Oh, for sure. Of it, right. For it's sure. Not like they suddenly yeah. are like, oh, I, I get all of the hermeneutic. No, it's okay. I understand. I feel it. In my tradition, we would say their hearts were strangely warmed, right? Like John Wesley. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so it's that. It's, it's Jesus doing that and being present in that way, but also in reverse, the only way I've ever experienced the holy in my life is, I mean, I think I, I, every experience I've ever had of the holy is grounded in something related to my body or my bodily experience. So Jesus oh, is yeah. encountering us this way. And then we are encountering God and, and through Jesus, God this way. And I kind of, I was looking for experience uh, exceptions to that rule in my life this week, as I was considering this text and I can't find any, when I have been truly connected to the divine, either through harm or through healing. And I'll be honest, it comes in both ways. Um, it has been through, uh, physical intimacy with another person through eating together through dancing, through making something with the physical materials that are in the world. Uh, it has been through singing. It has been through those kinds of moments, not thinking about it long enough until I got it and then suddenly feeling better. Right, right. That's, that's always what we, we uh, go to first. And that is never satisfying it's it doesn't get you there and i it, i don't really it have never ever gets you there yeah it, it like i'm i i i have a master's degree like i i like i like education i do right. but it education will never get you there it it just won't there's not like encounter i think not, not to encounter like this kind yeah. of encounter yeah yeah you're like um there's something there's something that happens um when god meets you at a at a heart level instead of a head level that sounds so cheesy but it's it's a hundred percent true i think cliches are cliches for a reason it's because we yeah. have to keep saying them over and over again until they're boring because we don't ever actually live into them <laughs> <laughs> that's true you know that is true it's if you I think that I know a lot of times in my life when I've tried to think my way into a relationship of any kind, it's never worked, mm -hmm. right? And I think that that's absolutely true with 
the the creator of the universe embodied in Jesus of Nazareth who was resurrected and walking on this road with these people where you can't convince yourself of something you have to actually experience it and so when he sort of cheekily you know is like here give me hey guys (laughs) I'm here (laughs) you know give me some fish I'll eat with you um it's it's like all of a sudden he's saying without saying you forgot you forgot what it feels like what the vibration of the world feels like when I'm next to you and when we're doing this thing that what was one of the last things I did with you I ate with you like isn't this familiar doesn't your body sense how familiar this is and that this is me and that I think is so powerful when we feel disconnected from people I, I sense this with my spouse, right? When we feel like we're far from each other, just sometimes like we need to just have a hug and remember and remind ourselves of like, oh yeah, this person is my person. They smell right. They feel right. They look right. They're the right height. Like they're, they're familiar to me. I remember that I like them. Yeah. I know them. I'm right. safe with them. Right. And I think that that's absolutely what's happening in this story. Uh, I love that, Jules. I feel like you were you were talking uh, relationships and how you can't think your way to a good relationship. And I, I I was just thinking about how like you and I became friends and like just like theoretically thinking about us being friends. Um, I I don't think you'd be interested in any uh <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. Like I'm I'm this loud bombastic guy pastoring what was pretty historically a a pretty dang conservative church like i i i just kind of feel like it theoretically you wouldn't be we are the odd couple in some yeah 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 yeah. and how did we become friends we sidled up to each other and said you know what there's more to this person in both directions, I think, right? Because I yeah. come off a certain way. So there's more to this person than meets the eye. Let's spend some time together. And how did we become friends? We decided to become running buddies. Oh, that's right. And so that's right. Is that what it was? Yeah. And so even, even that okay. is such a perfect example of this story yeah. of like we encounter one another when we're in ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And uh, when we, when we decide to like really be fully present in ourselves and that's, um, and there's lots of reasons to be your friend, David, you're selling yourself short, but. Uh, oh, but no, I'm, 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 I'm delightful. I'm just saying like, <laughs> like the, the, if you had just like seen me on paper, you would have sure. been like, nope, that it, like, because it like relationships don't make sense on paper relationships don't don't make sense on paper yeah yeah Yeah. that's right well I'm curious as we're as we're thinking about relationships as we're thinking about intimacy as we're thinking about the the presence of Jesus in this moment and all of the things we've just wandered through what is the good news for you in this text well yeah you asked me about that I think I think for me um, what I what I really see is that um, God continues to reveal God's self 
to the people um, in the midst of their um, doubts and their wonderings and their questions, yeah. he, he sits down with them and mm-hmm. he like, he, he doesn't just, he, he kind of works them through stuff. He does do that, but um, he's, he, he sits with them in the middle of their doubts. And um, I need a God that will do that because Lord knows I have many, 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 many times of severe, severe doubt. And um, so I see good news in a God that will join us in that. What what about you? What do you um see as really good news in this text? I feel like I could go so many directions with this. This text feels really rich to me. Around it is. It this is this is a this is a four week sermon <laughs> series. That's you right. Do. It's it's so it's so dense. So I suppose I'll settle into the hinge of the resurrection because this is a physically resurrected body that Jesus is showing up in. That's what we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. And so this hinge of the resurrection that is like this whole season of Easter, us figuring it out together with the early church and with these disciples seems to point something really important to me because I like critical thinking. I like change theory. I am a process theology uh, fan and, and follower, the idea that, that change is actually a part of God's process. This, I, the good news for me is in the fact that God is not static, that Mm. God doesn't, God is, God is consistent and, and, um, reliable. God is loyal. God is right. All of steadfast, but that God is not static in that it's just, what you see every single time it, sorry, you know, that's it. Uh, and is not imprisoned by, I'll claim this yesterday's revelations that I feel like I've made. Yeah. When I've discovered something about God, I can basically be guaranteed that there will be new discovery and that the, the resurrection is a key example of that, right? The disciples think they know one thing and then the crucifixion and resurrection happens and they have to figure out this whole new thing that is not actually wholly new. It's just that their perspective shift is so dramatic around what it means that it feels like a lot. And I love that about this because it means that the places where I am stuck, the places where I am disappointed, the places where I feel like I will never understand or never be able to be different where the world won't be different. God isn't con- uh, contained by that. Oh my gosh. That gives me a ton of hope for the world and for myself. Cause I need a lot. I need a lot of uh, redemption. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I didn't mean to <laughs> really. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, I love that so much. I, I get so much hope out of the idea of what, um, you might call progressive revelation where like uh you you can look at where god's revealing of god's self and where humanity is at the start of the bible and how it shifts throughout throughout the the old testament 
into the new wild shift of the resurrection, but still continuing to change. And um, and the idea that God is still continuing to reveal God's self to his people now, um, that is where I get really frustrated with the Bible's really clear types because the 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 Bible, the Bible was speaking a to a very direction. the Bible was speaking to a very specific group of people at a very specific time. And uh and God has been continuing to reveal God's self to people for thousands of years now. And there's still new things where um that God's teaching us about ourselves, about our relationships about um, who God is, what life is. And, and so there's, there's so much hope and there's so much grace in that idea. And this text is just such a good microcosm of that idea. Yeah, I really like it. Well, we have some questions for people to reflect with us on this. And David, thank you. I mean, it's always fun to, this has basically been a reenactment of one of our Thursday runs. That's true. Uh, we, is, we go deep. <laughs> <laughs> our, our Emmaus runs. Did we, we never called it that. We, we should have, we should have done yeah. seven miles one time and called it that for sure. Oh God, seven miles. <laughs> <laughs> Here's our questions. Here's oh, what we've got before yeah. we get ourselves in too much trouble promising and committing ourselves to something that's way more challenging we're ready than we're ready to actually do. So as you're <laughs> reflecting on this conversation, reflecting on the text, uh, you know, as you're wandering around the world and looking for Jesus in unlikely places this week, here's some questions for you. What helps you to see better that Jesus is in front of you? What opens your eyes to the places where Jesus is already in front of you and you just haven't noticed that he's there? What, what is that stuff? What, what triggers that? Second question, reflect on a time when God showed God's self in a new way to you. Maybe there was a turning in your understanding of who God is or what God is like. Did it surprise you? Did it frighten you? Did it teach you something new about what it means to be a Christ follower? What, what shifted for you when you saw God in a new way? So those are our two questions. Um, David is going to pray for us and then I'll sing our benediction and then we'll be complete for our time together. David, you want to pray for us now? Absolutely. Jesus, we thank you that you um, continue to reveal yourself to us in new and exciting often scary ways we also thank you that you um that you sit with us in those transitions that you continue to teach us but more than that that you um that you journey with us, that you're with us through it all. God, I thank you for Jules. I thank you for Portsmouth Union Church. Um, I pray that you continue to work in amazing ways through this um, small but feisty, scrappy group of people. Um, 
God, I thank you that they're here. Thank you for all the work they're doing. And um, God, I pray you continue to um, lead all of them, speak to all of them. And God, that um, this, this city, this world will continue to be to be changed, to be altered, to be shifted for good because of the work that they're doing. We thank you so much for all of this, and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As we share the benediction today, as David and I are preaching this, the uh, jury is still meeting for the Derek Chauvin trial. And so, um, and we have lots of friends and family and neighbors and colleagues around the country who are waiting for that uh, accountability to know what will happen, but also who are grieving even no matter what the outcome is. So this benediction of peace is for the whole world and especially for our nation, not just for our community in Portsmouth Union Church today. So hear and share it in that way. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make God's face to shine upon you and be gracious. Gracious, gracious to you. The Lord lift up God's countenance upon you and give you, give you, give you peace. Go now to love and serve the Lord in all of the places he reveals himself to you. Go in peace, friends. Love you. See you soon. Peace.